0: Open your Bibles to Psalm 2, Psalm 2. I wanted to make some comments about um, the Sandy Hook Elementary School shootings. Obviously, since it happened, there's been a lot in the news, a lot of people talking about it. There are many, there have been many so-called solutions prescribed And I just think it's important that we as Christians take some time and look at the scriptures and try to have a biblical understanding of what's going on in the world. I think one of the mistakes that we can make, um, all of us in here, as far as I know, are political conservatives. Um, We all want to be on that side of the political spectrum. But politics doesn't have the answer for this. You know, Rush Limbaugh is not going to give the answer for this. He'll give some good ideas on policy in response to gun control or whatever. But actually addressing the problem, uh, we have the answer for that. And so we as Christians, we as believers need to be prepared. We need to be prepared to answer the challenges of, of a time like this. So let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask Him for wisdom. Lord, help us as we study Your Word tonight. And Lord, what a horrible, horrible tragedy we just saw in Connecticut. So, Father, I pray that you'll help us tonight to have your mind and help us to understand it. In Jesus' name, amen. The first thought that I have is we see wicked, the wickedness of the world and we mourn. We, we can look around and, you know, I've mentioned to you when I went to Rome And I saw that city and I felt like Paul when he saw Athens, that his heart was grieved within him when he saw a city wholly given over to idolatry. And now it seems like we're seeing a world wholly given over to idolatry. And when the evil of the world rears its head and we see an event in a peaceful country like ours, we see an event like this, it it just awakens our senses to the evil that pervades this world system, this present world. And we look at the evil and we mourn. Look at Psalm 2, verse 1. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? Look at what it says in verse 2. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against His anointed. And it goes on. So we can look at a situation like this and and we can say, why do the heathen rage? Does it seem to you like, um, I might use some indelicate language tonight, but that's not unusual. Does it seem to you like there are more and more of these crazies out there? Does it seem like that? We're going to address that some more in a minute. But we would ask the question, why do they rage? You know, it can, it can lead us to flee from our calling to evangelize the world. How many of you you, 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 you tend toward the compound mentality? Some of you need to raise your hand or I'm going to come out and make you stand up. See, this is it's the tendency. I've got to protect my family. I've got to protect what's mine. God knew exactly the culture that He was placing us in. Amen? He knew exactly the culture that He was placing us in. So first of all, we see the wickedness of this world and we mourn. Some see a great evil act like this and cry, Where is God? Where is God? And this, as you try to evangelize in this coming week and in this Christmas, there will be people who say, Where where was God in Connecticut? Where was your God then? Go to Ecclesiastes chapter 8. Ecclesiastes chapter 8. Listen to what Alexander McLaren wrote. He says, there's a delay in sentencing, but his eye reaches further than he wills to stretch his arm. He sits a silent onlooker and beholds. The silence does not argue indifference. The sentence is pronounced, but the execution is delayed. It is not wholly delayed, for there are consequences which immediately dog our evil deeds and are, as it were, premonitions of a yet more complete penalty. Isn't that interesting? But look at the text. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, or chapter 8, Ecclesiastes 8, look at verse 11. Because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. You see what it says? Sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily. So we look at an evil world and we say, How long, O Lord, faithful and true, until you execute judgment on those that do not your will? How long? That's what it says in Revelation chapter 6. How long? How long? How long? And we look at the world, but it's delayed. The judgment is delayed. There's a reason for the delay. There's a reason. The reason for the delay is it gives us time to lead people to Jesus Christ. See, here's the the deal. How many of you recognize we live in an evil world? It's an evil world that produces situations like the one in Sandy Hook, Connecticut, or at the Sandy Hook Hook Elementary School in Newtown, Connecticut. It's evil that produces that, it's wickedness that produces that. Would you all agree with that? So, what's the solution? The solution is God coming with His mighty angels to execute judgment on all the ungodly that do their ungodly deeds, as it says in the book of Jude. That's the solution. How many of you know people that aren't saved yet? So the the price, the price of mercy, the price of the long-suffering of God, the price is what we've just seen in Connecticut. There's evil. There's wickedness in this world. God has delayed His judgment. Look at what it says in verse 12, though. Let's look at verse 11 again. "...Because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil." But look at what it says in verse 12. "...Though a sinner do evil, and 100 times and his days be prolonged yet surely i know that it shall be well with them that fear god which fear before which fear before him look at verse 13 but it shall not be well with the wicked neither shall he prolong his days which are as a shadow because he feareth not before god Look, the the Bible makes it very clear. Yes, he has delayed judgment on this evil world, but judgment is coming. When we look at the world and we see men do evil and evil and evil, and it prospers, why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? We see this happening all around us. We need to be uh, acutely aware of the fact that judgment is coming. It's still better to do good. And even though the delay is there and people think they can go along just fine and establish a system that brings about what we've just seen, God is still on His throne. He still knows exactly what's happening. So we see the wickedness of this world and we mourn. Some see a great evil act like this and they cry, Where is God? And some see the wickedness and evil of a day like this and look in the wrong places for answers. And this is where I want us to spend most of our time. They look in the wrong places for answers. Go with me to the book of Jonah. If you're not sure where it is, use your table of contents. Jonah, chapter 2. And of course, we know the story of Jonah. God told Jonah to go to Nineveh and preach the gospel. He didn't want to go to Nineveh because the Ninevites had been so horrible to Israel. They, they, had been, they, they tortured the people that he loved. He didn't want to go and give them the gospel. So he went the other direction. So what did God do? God, he, put, he went on a ship. God caused a storm to come. They, he said, throw me in the water. It's because of me. And a whale came and ate him. All right, now, look at what it says in Jonah chapter 2. Let's start reading in verse 1. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. How about that? And said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. And out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. For thou hadst cast me into the deep, in the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about, all thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. The waters compassed me about, even to the soul. The depths closed me round about. Look at this. The weeds were wrapped around my head. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. Now look at verse 7. Remember what we're asking. Some see the wickedness and evil of of a day like this and they look in the wrong places for answers look at verse 7 when my soul fainted within me i remembered the lord and my prayer came in unto thee into thine holy temple they that forsake they that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy but i will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving I will pay that that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. Is that an am- that's this has to be one of the most amazing chapters in the Bible. The, the description of it. And maybe one of these days we'll just spend some time and go through the book of Jonah. But what I want us to see here first of all, when we look at an event or a day like we just experienced this week in Connecticut. We find that people can look in the wrong places for answers. We know where to look for the... We know the right place to look. Isn't that right? That's verse 7. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came in unto thee, into thine holy temple. All right? So now, of course, this is Old Old Testament. Looking toward the temple, we understand that Jesus Christ is now seated at the right hand of the Father. And we cry to Him. Is that right? We understand that completely. But what does the world do? What does the world do? We know where to look. Others observe lying vanities. Do you see that? Look at verse 8 again. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. That's an interesting verse. That's an interesting verse. Anthony, God has mercy for you. It's yours. God has mercy, Michael, for you. It's yours. Each individual, God has mercy for every specific person. Their own mercy. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves is the gift of God, not of works, so lest any man should boast. Is that right? There's no doubt about that. What does the Bible say, though? Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but by His mercy, He saved us. God, it, it's not God's will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So there is mercy available for each and every individual in the world. Would you all agree with that? But look at what the text says. Verse 8 again. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. What we see at a time like this is people observing lying vanities. I'm going to read you a couple of points. I called, you know, I mentioned to you uh, Mike Peslak, the pastor in Stratford, Connecticut. He's a little farther away. He's about 40 miles away from where this happened, but he preached on this this morning, and he was talking about the lying vanities. And listen to what he wrote. Um, He said this. What are lying vanities? A vanity is a lack of real value, a false, empty, hollow foundation that crumbles in the face of real calamity. That's a lying vanity. And so he has these. The lying vanity of evolution has undermined and discredited that which offers true hope. The lying vanity of evolution. What are we here for? Are, they, are these kids animals or are they people? People. How are we going to deal with these things? It's a lying vanity. Uh, he has this. The lying vanity of religion produces no grace. But How many of you saw that... Uh, I, w- I was watching Fox News before church this morning. How many of you saw that they were having a special mass? They were saying a special mass. The whole city was coming to a special mass for the dead. Who's that going to help? Seriously. Who's that going to help? Now listen. Let's not become too soft in our thinking at a time like this. There is no hope in Catholicism. It is a lying vanity. Now look, how many of you are from the Northeast? Do we have any? Of any is there anyone here that's actually from the Northeast? Uh, I, if you're not from there. Um, Val, is Val here? Is she downstairs? She's not here. Um, You guys, even though you live in a Roman Catholic area, you don't have any idea how dark it is in the Northeast. Um, There's no hope. And that Catholicism, that's the only kind of religion. That's the only place they have to turn. And it's a lying vanity. How about this? A moment of silence. What's that going to do? What's that going to help? It doesn't work. It's a lying vanity. The lying vanity of collectivism brings humanity together for vain comfort. Let's have, let's have a candlelight vigil. What is that going to help? What is that going to change? It's not going to change anything. But it gives us a sense of community. What does a sense of community do? Nothing. Many times, it just reinforces our errors. It reinforces uh, the wrong answers to the problems of the day, and then he has the lying vanity of idealism. It attempts to create a world that is not realistic. Uh, idealism. It attempts to create a world that is not realistic. So those those were his some of his ideas, and they're just absolutely. How many you think they're right on track? I want us to think about a lying vanity. A lying vanity is this, putting a sign on a door with a picture of a gun that says, don't bring it in here, that that's going to protect someone. The lying vanity of idealism, it establishes, listen, it establishes gun-free zones. Is that right? the Pezlak's wife, she said this. he has it in his notes. If more sane people are armed, the crazy people would get off fewer shots isn 't it true? and i 'll tell you where a couple of things, and now now i 'm going to ramble no specific order to any of these thoughts um it's this. You know, Eric Holder just said that, that now is the time for gun, new gun laws. Because, of course, gun laws are always going to stop crazy people from doing crazy things. It's un- th- this kind of thinking, but we don't want to waste a crisis. You know, th- th- these kinds of things, they're so dangerous. All we needed, all we needed, was one person who knew how to use a gun and was allowed to use it. Amen. That's all we needed. That's all we needed. Oh, I wanted to tell you one more thing Brother Pezlak has in his sermon. Oh, we don't want to miss this. When God isn't, isn't welcome, how is it we expect His aid? People want God to protect those children. There was no God in that school. It's a really, isn't that an interesting thought? Such an interesting thing. I have another thought. They described this young man as a loner, didn't have any friends, all of those things. What if youth directors? were allowed to go in at lunch and see a kid that's sitting by himself and sit down next to him and love him, give the love of Jesus. What happened with the maniac of Gadara when Jesus Christ met him? He was found clothed and in his right mind and seated at the feet of Jesus. See, they're not only gun-free zones, they're God-free zones. Listen. And then we wonder why the heathen rage. It's so interesting. It's, it's a horrible thing when we see what happened here. Um, I'm not going to say the name of the condition for a specific reason. But that's not why this happened. How many of you understand that there have been people with mental issues or with learning disabilities, all the way back to the fall, right? And how many of you understand that there have, in America, that there have always been guns available? Why hasn't this happened more in the past? Why now? Is it because of the availability of guns? Every home had a gun. Why didn't this happen before? Because there was a culture that welcomed God and His Word. We no longer welcome Him. We've excluded God and we wonder why there's a rise of evil. It's just common sense. So as we, uh, again, Laura and I were watching Fox News this morning and they had a Columbia psychiatrist who has studied uh, something like two hundred mass murderers, and the Kelly Wright was on, and he asked this question. He said, "Do you believe this was evil?" And he said, "Well, yes. Evil is a is a violation of the peace, peace of mind and heart. No, evil, evil is a violation of righteousness. It's an absence of righteousness." See, the world is trying to explain this apart from sin. Uh, how many of you have heard the word sin in the, in the description of what happened at Sandy Hook? It's sin, it's evil. How about that precious teacher, 26 years old, who stood in front of that door and took the bullets for those kids? What a sacrifice! It would have been so much better if they really loved those kids and they put someone in there to protect them without having to sacrifice their life. When the world is upside down, we have to understand there's a prevalence of evil and satanic teaching does not want us to be able to defend ourselves. That's where we are. Brother Ferrier said a minute ago, He said, in the 80s, someone tampered with Tylenol and people died all over the country. There was no gun involved there. Peslak said this. He said... "Um," Oh, I might not have brought it in. He says that if there were no guns, if a person wants to be a terror to someone else... They can use a knife. They can kidnap. They can use bombs. Ted Kaczynski didn't need a gun. There are so many opportunities for people to harm others without making it a political issue. It's such a wicked thing. So, let's get some let's get some coherence to this. What's the answer? The answer is Jesus Christ. The answer is Jesus Christ. I'm thankful that our teachers that are here in this room, whether they're in the public school or whether they're in the Christian school, I'm thankful that you give the kids the gospel. You tell them the truth. You know that that's the only answer for any of this? Is the light of Jesus Christ. But we now have a culture that has excluded God. And then we get the devil and we're surprised. And that's all this is. That's all this is. There have always been people with mental issues. Always has been. Why haven't we seen this as much as we are now? I want you to think about something. That mall in Oregon, (laughs) that guy got through how many, two or three clips? Why is that? Because, listen, because law-abiding people don't bring their guns into the mall. They're not allowed to. So only criminals can. Uh, is it Virginia Tech? Am, am I right? Mine's a little wandering. Virginia Tech. Why was there no one there that could take down this crazy guy? How many people did he kill? 33 people or something? Why was there no one there? Because they're not allowed to defend themselves. Liberal, remember, liberal policy always kills. It People die. Because of these things. And we have people like Eric Holder or Alec Baldwin or any of these people that are standing up and crying for gun control now. Martha Stewart said, If we don't have gun control now, people are just stupid. Thanks, Martha. Do you think Martha has anyone with a gun protecting her? And it's just insane. And so here's, here's where my mind and heart are. Number one. Those children are in heaven. I want you to think about something. Where is God? Where is God? That might have been the only opportunity for those children to know God. Is that an amazing thought? Now, does that mean we ought to go out and kill people? No. Of course not. Of course not. But God is merciful. Merciful gracious. He's loving. So first of all, those children are with God. Secondly, if we continue to keep God out of the culture, this isn't going to diminish. It's going to multiply. It's going to multiply. And notice, it's rarely Compton it's 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 rarely harlem which harlem's actually getting a little better now but you understand what i'm saying where is it sydney so what are we going to do we as christians need to take a stand we need to take a stand now maybe someone can tell me and i'd rather you not speak up now we might have some discussion in a minute I don't know what the policies are. I I don't know if it's a federal policy that would keep the schools from having armed people in the schools. I don't don't know what all those policies are. But at some point, there's got to be some common sense to this thing because criminals are still going to have guns. Criminals are still going to have the opportunity to do harm. At some point, good people have to be able to care for the children. We have to be able to. So, this idealism, uh, Nathan pointed this out. How many of you saw the video of President Obama crying, talking about this? And I think that that was heartfelt. Um, Who wouldn't cry over this? But he sure didn't cry over that baby that was born and put in the closet to die. What's the difference? Nothing. 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 Oh, pastor, you're getting too extreme again. I want someone to tell me the difference. Babies died in both instances. He, as a senator, had the chance to stop that. And he said no. It's interesting. So look, think about this. He wants to kill them in the womb. And he refuses to let us protect them in the classroom. That's what the liberal mindset does. This is who we are. This is who we are as a people. We as a culture must stand up against it. And we as Christians have to understand that God is on His throne. He is watching this. Let me give you some thoughts here. Look at Romans chapter 2 and verse 5. This is an interesting thing. This culture that rejects God. And again, that idea, we don't allow God in and then wonder why He doesn't help. How many of you, that's a sobering thought? That's a sobering thought. Look at, look at Romans chapter 2. Look at verse 5. But after thy hardness and impenitent heart, treasurest up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God who will render to every man according to his deeds. What's going on here? What's this text talking about? These people that are rejecting God in their minds, they're rejecting God in their schools, they're rejecting God in their government, they're rejecting God in all of their institutions. What are they doing? They are treasuring up In their hearts, the wrath of God. Where is God? Where is God? Listen. He says to His angels, not yet. But someone has said, the mills of God grind slowly, but they grind exceeding small. The sum of the whole matter is this. Every evil of ours is sentenced already. The punishment is delayed for our sins because Christ has died for us. God is wooing our hearts and trying to win us to love Him by, holding, by the holding back of the sentence which we are daily abusing. Please accept His patience and love. Or are we, our nation, are we to be like the brutes that perish, knowing neither the hand that feeds them nor the hand that kills them? The delay in rendering judgment only aggravates its weight when it falls. Where is God? He's right here. He's right here. We have established a society that has rejected God, and we're getting godlessness. And when we speak like this, the world thinks that we are just crazy. Can I ask you a question? How many of you think God wanted those children to die? Of course not. Of course not. So what does that mean? That means if people were doing godliness, those children would not have died. God's ways are best. His ways are best. His ways are best.